All right, welcome everybody. It's another edition of the Sports Hole. As always, I am Luke, and I am joined by Matthew Goldberg and XFL Jim. What's happening, guys? What's going on? All right. So last week we were riding high off of the Kentucky Derby and uh, Medina Spirit's big win, and now it's come back. This horse has tested positive for drugs, and it looks like the win might be overturned. Jim, thoughts? Uh, Druggy horse. Uh, Bob Baffert has no blame, as you've heard him say time and time again. <laughs> I don't know how this keeps happening to his horses. Um, he has no blame whatsoever. It's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. It's probably not good for the world of horse racing, but it's funny. What uh, so he has a history of other horses uh failing drug tests, then a bunch, yeah, yeah, he's got a bunch, multiple over 10. Over 10, okay, yeah, and somehow he still gets to keep uh putting these horses in there, then. Well, I give him credit because when you get caught, you can either say you're sorry or you gotta say, like, it's totally not my fault. He went with the totally it's not my fault uh, thing. So the, the sport of horse racing is what he said, but I have no idea how this keeps happening to my horses. Yeah, but, it's it's bad for the sport because the ratings are so high. And he also, you know, you look at him like this almost Tom Brady-esque, like somehow genius with horses. It's somehow he took a 15 to one horse, not even his best horse, and won the won the Kentucky Derby, which is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. You're like, this guy is a genius. And now all of a sudden you're like, all right, this guy's a total fucking do you, do you guys know anything about the drug that was found? I really couldn't find a lot of information. I, on from what I heard, drug. it's legal, but there's only a certain amount that's uh-huh. legal. And it was double the amount. So it's I don't know legal, much about it. That and you had to get it cleared like a certain amount of time in advance. And he did not. Okay. Yeah, I thought his excuse was pretty epic, though, as far as saying that uh, one of the horse's groomers peed in the stall, and then the horse basically ate contaminated pee hay, and that's how he tested positive. That's pretty good. I wonder what's in that dude's pee. That guy must be fucking You know, the funniest thing, the LT, the LT had a great documentary on Showtime, and he said the reason why he failed his drug test was that the guy that was taking... The piss for him failed it. <laughs> and he's like, I would have failed every week, but that just, it just so happens that the guy that took it for me failed it. Like he was on drugs. So there's all types of crazy shit. But yeah, uh, it, it looks bad. I got to be honest. I was happy to win. They can't take the money from me. It's in my bank account. What can you do? I feel horrible for anybody who lost money on it, who had the second horse or had a horse that didn't win place or show that could have. Sure. I'm shocked the horse is running in the Preakness, but there's no way it's going to win. Because yeah, how does that how does that affect the Preakness now? Oh, is it? I thought, I thought last I heard it wasn't running. According right now, I just was on ESPN, the third story, Medina to run Preakness from number three post. I don't think Bob Baffert will be there. But he's oh. running, and he will not win because there's something called karma, even with animals. So it'll run the Preakness, but it's not eligible for the Triple Crown title because they're going to cancel its Kentucky Derby win. That's what I read. Now, speaking of that, how does um, 
How does this affect bets from the Kentucky Derby win if that gets overturned? It does. You still had a ticket for for the runner up. I'm you not sure how some, it works. You might see some casinos. Like I remember FanDuel in the past. You might see some places like grade that out as a win, but mm-hmm. keep, but not like take back anyone else's who had Medina Spirit. Sure. You yeah. might see some places do that to like show good faith. Uh-huh. And kind of like build some promotion. Because it's probably like it's probably pocket change to the casinos. Yeah. And yeah, the- I I shit, man. I it, sometimes casinos go, we're going to refund if you had this horse, we'll give you refunds on it. And a lot of sites do that because they, you know, they know they're going to get your money later. So they want your business to act like, hey, we care. You know, there's a lot of there's some controversial games with weird calls. And sometimes they're like, hey, we're going to refund you on this. Sure. And um, um, you could do that. But as far as like. That's just kind of a publicity stunt, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so hard because all the money's pretty much been divvied out and shit. And then it's like, uh-huh. how do you do it? It's like Bavada is not going to ask me for my money back for winning for Medina Spirit. It's just like they can't. Sure. So it just is what it is. It just sucks. And it's a, it's sad because the sport was gaining ground. It had great ratings. The Kentucky Derby was a great the whole program was great. It was well done. It was a great it was a great watch. It was a great like lead up week to it. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So and that now, was yeah, that Kentucky Derby had some historic ratings, second to of all time, I believe. And yep. so this was gonna be the next uh, great event. And where's uh viewer faith going to be? I mean, where's better faith going to be uh after this? Is it are the ratings gonna drop? Nah, the ratings won't drop because gambling is more popular than ever. So as long as there's gambling, people are going to gamble. But you don't think they'll uh, lose a little faith in outcome if they think it's uh, people are, you know, you know, if uh, no, I don't think so. I, 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 it's like something when if you're addicted to gambling or you like gambling or you like this, you're still going to be in it to win it, you know. I don't think this is going to make the ratings go down. I think it might even bring more intrigue to the sport. I don't think it's good for the sport, but it will bring more intrigue. Jim, you bet your last paycheck on the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. What, 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 are you, what are you thinking now after this going forward? Are you going to do the same with the Preakness? Does it, are you going to have hesitations now? I might scale it back to just $100 on a horse I like for the Preakness. Okay. Be a little bit more responsible with it. Sure. I had to be but, a little frugal this last week. Um, but I mean, I still had a blast. Like, because even my viewpoint is, even though in hindsight now the Kentucky Derby was fraudulent because mm. there was a junkie horse in the race, it doesn't take away from the fun that I felt watching it at the time. Exactly. Okay. That, so you're just my paying point. for the ride. You're paying that's for my the point. amusement park gonna- entrance. And you're going to go have is, fun on this roller coaster. Yeah. Everybody's exactly. going to watch it who watched it. Okay. Everybody. You might, you might lose some casuals. You might lose some casuals, but that's uh-huh. true. The diehards, the guys like us, like, dude, I'll be there Saturday watching. I'll be betting on all the fucking races before. So that's that's what I'm doing. And, like, look, I got lucky because I had the winner. But, uh I'm looking at the lineup right now. There's not as many horses. A lot of long shots. 
So I think a long shot's going to be one. There's a lot of money to be made on Saturday. You got a pick yet? I do not, but what I will do Friday and Saturday, I go on YouTube and I watch hundreds of videos of these idiot experts. Mm-hmm. And they all like contradict themselves. They all love this guy. This horse is 15 to 1. It ran this at fucking Plimico. It ran this at fucking <laughs> whatever. It's a great, it's a it's a it's a finisher. This one can't finish. Like then another one will say it, it all these guys, they don't know what the fuck, but I'll 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 find something. You know, I'll, I'll listen to enough of these guys and I'll make an opinion, but I do not have an opinion just yet. I do fade, I will fade Medina Spirit. I think karma will come and it will definitely not win the Preakness. Okay. I was going to fade Medina Spirit anyway, because the Preakness is a little bit of a longer track, isn't it? Yeah. And Medina I think Spirit it's the longest. Like a dead sprint. There's, there's three horses that are within five to one. And then there's seven horses that are double figures. So you want to hit one of those 15 to one, 12 to one, 10 to one. One of those guys are going to win. You just got to pick the right ones. Sure. I'm not, I'm not, there's not like a horse that's like so convincing. That's like a super favorite. And we saw that in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I'll, now I'm actually more intrigued to watch the Preakness now. Look, with, all this with shit all this happened, drama. Like, no, I'm a, I'm a big poker guy. And I don't know if you knew this, but like a year or two ago, this guy got busted in a casino cheating because they had a live stream mm-hmm. and the live stream was on tape delay and he was putting his cell phone on his lap and he was getting the cards he was seeing like the live feed he was seeing everybody's whole cards mm-hmm. and he was winning and he got busted and like look i love poker i'm still gonna play in casinos somebody could be cheating but it is what it is it's like the, you love it so much you have to hope everybody's being honest, but you also understand there could be some sort of foul play going on. Yeah, right. You can never really plan for it. Yeah. So that's, that's part of the game we chose. Okay. Um, over the weekend, we had the FCS semifinals. Jim, tell us all about it. Oh, man. I feel bad. I really thought Delaware's defense could stand up to South Dakota State. But South Dakota State is looking like the best team in the frigging country. They just steamrolled all over Delaware. Now, it's put a little asterisk next to it because Delaware's quarterback did go out pretty early on in the game. Mm-hmm. But what you really expect out of the Blue Heads is their defense to really step up, and they just didn't. Um, Dr. Dakota State basically had their way running the ball, looking fantastic. They're coming in super hot uh, to the finals here. And I, I'm expecting a really good game down in Frisco. Because what time is it on Saturday and what channel and what's the odds? It's, it's on ESPN. And they have okay. a contract where it's usually on ESPN. I don't know, remember exactly what time it is, but it's on ESPN for sure. Um, and then you have Sam Houston State who keeps getting by by the skin of their team. This is the luckiest team in the friggin' tournament. JMU was up like 28, not, not 20, they were up like 24 to 3. Mm-hmm. And just put, like they throw it away in the second half, just mistake after like a terrible kick return that gets that 
gets returned by Sam Houston State, and they just keep getting lucky by getting these like one point one possession games. Yeah. And I don't know when it's going to stop. Maybe they'll just win it all. I have no idea. Okay, so it's Saturday, two p.m. I'll say that's uh, Pacific time. Four point South Dakota State's favored by four. Over under forty seven and a half. That feels South about Dakota- right. I. That's a really tough spread because Sam Houston State has has been like so Is close that, in every game. It's live in Frisco, Texas. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't even know what It's such a rando is. place for a game. Is that a neutral site or is that where Sam Houston plays? It's a neutral site, but Sam Houston is in Texas. But it's just that's where they play the national championship in FCS every year. It's just Frisco. So you is there a story Sam behind that? Why? Uh, I don't even think there I probably is, but I don't remember it. So are we taking Sam Houston to cover? I would probably say take Sam Houston to cover, but man, it's not supposed to see. This is my problem. I always want to fade Sam Houston State and be like, this is the because they don't look good. They look they get really lucky. Um who's the best team in your opinion? South Dakota State is the best team in my I'm opinion. I'm taking South Dakota State. I like the over as well. I do like the over. Jim, how did you how did you do on your picks for these guys this past week? And wasn't one of them had that really low over under? The Sam Houston State one uh, for the JMU Sam Houston State. I like JMU to win and didn't get that one. I like Delaware to win and I liked it to be an under. It was under thirty six and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's um, the one we were talking you, about last week. You did get the under. I think the, the under, under hit. hit. That game. Wow! Oh, that's so shit. I'm pretty sure it was a. I'm pretty sure it was like a twenty-seven to three game or something like that. Vegas always gets it right. Oh, that is fucked. I'm on South Dakota State. I will be. I think South Dakota State minus four, and then what was the over under? Like forty-seven. Forty-seven and a half. I like the over. I do like the over because these teams, their those offenses are going to score. Yeah. No, this should be a. How about a. A money line, South Dakota State, parlaying with the over. Not bad. I like it. That's All a right. good bet, Luke. And I think Sam Houston State at least has the offense to keep up and maybe, like, be within a touchdown. The beauty of it, I think it's 11 o'clock or noon out here because it's 2 o'clock. It's probably 11 o'clock out here. Watch Isn't- that. And it's funny, and then put it on the Preakness. Ooh. Double header. What a day at Applebee's. There you go. <laughs> All right. Will you be back home to Applebee's by then? Oh, I uh, Saturday? Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. Well, where are you now? Why are you in a fancy hotel? Fancy hotel as in Holiday Inn Express. That's right, That's man. You got the Express. That yeah, looks I like Haras in Vegas. Yeah. I'm on the road for work. That's, That's uh, like when we stayed in Vegas at Horace. Same exact setup. Yeah. What's up? What town is that in? Because you, you work in the middle of nowhere, right? Middle of fucking nowhere, Nebraska. I'm in Norfolk, Nebraska. Norfolk, Nebraska. Damn. Cities to be learned every day. Yeah, hey. In the north part of the state that nobody goes to. Uh, so that is, is that by Carthenge? Is that in the northwest? No, yeah, Carthage is northwest. I'm in the northeast. Oh shit! There's got to be nothing over there. The, you should go to North Central Nebraska. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing. I've taken many a road trip across the U.S. and I've always 
circumvented Nebraska almost every time. So well, well the Bruce Springsteen made a great album called Nebraska. Yeah, is that big with your with your uh, people? The is Nebraska what? album by uh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like they'll play it at like bars and stuff all the time. Oh, okay. So last week, pretty much, uh, I think the day after we aired last week, there was a massive hockey brawl. Maddie, yeah, you saw it. What the fuck happened? Well, there's a guy named uh, Tom Wilson. Is that his name? I hope I, I know his last uh, name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's a he's been a a kind of notorious dirty player for years. Dirty hits. Yeah. I mean, he's always been hitting guys dirty for the last ten years. And he kind of took a ranger guy and put his face in the ice and started punching from behind, which is extremely dangerous. And it was kind of dirty. I mean, of course, Capital fans are like, it's it's hockey. Ranger fans are really pissed off about it. And they thought he was going to get a huge suspension because he had a five-game suspension for a dirty hit against the Bruins this year. Mm -hmm. And they didn't suspend him. So... This is weird because you always like think the team is going to get revenge. The Rangers played the Caps a few days later. They're obviously out for blood, you know, on this Tom Wilson guy. I hope it's his name. It might be Adam Wilson, although I knew it Adam Wilson, so maybe it's not. So basically, they put all their goons on the ice to start the game. Yeah. We got a full brawl with everybody. Then the Rangers send out this poor young kid who's like, a young kind of guy who comes into hockey to, to fight. They're like, go fight Wilson. One of the toughest guys in the NHL for the last 10 years. And Wilson pounds the poor kid to death. And I think the Capitals won the game like five to one or something. So they beat the shit out of the Rangers and then they won where it usually happens. Usually the other team gets revenge because right. they're so angry. They're so hell bent that they come out, they beat the shit out of the other team. And then, one of their guys beats the shit out of Wilson and everybody's happy. But it worked the other way. Yeah. That's and perfect. one of the Rangers fans that I know tweeted out, like, uh, Wilson's our daddy. And at least he was being honest about the situation. Because a lot sure. of Ranger fans are bitching about, like, no suspension, blah, blah, blah. This is fucked up. But that's essentially what happened. We haven't seen, like, they're really trying to cut the goons out of hockey, the fighting out of hockey. They're really trying hard, but it was fun. And it's funny that that brought out the most publicity this NHL season has had so far. Well, it's this, fucking uh, awesome. That's it was it. fucking awesome. When I saw that on my feed, I was like, yeah. shit, this is incredible. No, I, I don't watch a lot of hockey. Jim, I don't know how much you watch, but I watch definitely. I watch right. Yeah, yeah, sure. But when you see something like that, you're fucking intrigued and going, yes, yeah. now this is awesome because – you know, no other sport has anything close to it. NBA used to have fights. You never see a fight anymore. No. Um, baseball, well, the, they're all sort of. What it is, is like with the NBA, you step off the, the bench, you're suspended. So as soon as guys start pushing each other, you see the assistant coaches hold the guys back yeah. because they don't want to get suspended. And uh, the NHL is really, they've had, you know, there's been some terrible deaths from some of their goons who died of pills and shit mm-hmm. like that. And I read this book about this guy, Derek Bouillard, who died. He was on the, uh, the Minnesota Wild and the Rangers. Uh-huh. And the book was so fucking depressing. 
yes, hockey fighting is great. And when I was a kid, these playoff games would last four hours because they would just brawl all game. And it was fun. You just laugh. Yeah. And, and, the, and the crowds loved it and the people loved it. But, you know, when you have like really when, when you have the, your players dying young and like in a lot of trouble and then rehab, you're like, OK, maybe we need to cut this out of the game. I, I would I would never cut fighting out of hockey. Never. I, I, I wouldn't couldn't. either. It's part of it. And it's also you choose if you want to be a hockey player and you want to be in the NHL and that's your job, you have a choice to do it and a choice not to. Also, like when, you don't have to fight. Like when you when one player throws down gloves, the other one can just say no. Well, the point the point of it, Jim, is that some of these guys have to fight. Like take the Derek Bougiard. He's mm-hmm. not a skilled uh, skater. He's just a big dude that can brawl. And it's like, well, you're not even qualified to play in the minor leagues. So if you want to make an NHL roster, we send you out there, you're going to fuck somebody up. Yeah. And that's your job. Now, so they there, know they have to fight. But are there uh, good aspects to the fighting as far as, like, do they prevent – you know, it's a way just to fucking yeah, it, get it, some it, shit out of the way without, absolutely. you know, dirty plays and things like that. Well, what, 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 the players police themselves. Sure. Well, what it was yeah. like this was this. The the great thing about Derek Bougiard, because he was so big, there's a great video of him in the playoffs. And a guy, a guy gives one of their players a dirty hit. I think they hit their goalie kind of dirty, like late in garbage time. Mm-hmm. So they send them out on the ice. And he just skates over to the other team's bench and he's just staring at the guys. And he's like, look, you pull this shit again. I'm going to come out there. I'm going to fuck somebody up. And they're all terrified. They're all sitting there looking at him, pissing their pants. And they, they're not scared of how he skates, how he shoots. Right. But he's there to be like, look, you don't fuck with my team or else I'm going to come out. So yes, they're needed. But what a lot of these hockey goons go through is, the night before the game, they know they're going to fight and they know who they're going to fight. And it, the anxiety they go through, it's it's pretty intense. Yeah. And that's well, the hard part. I love hockey fighting, but I also understand the bad parts about it, too. All right. Speaking of fights, the yeah. Oakland A's oh, fighting no. with their own city right now. They want to get out of there. I think there's so been talk sad. about this for a long time. Yeah, but Nashville A's incoming. <laughs> well, here's my thing about Oakland sports. They have the most loyal fan base, but they're so small. Sure. Kind of like soccer in America, like the MLS. You go to like Portland and you see these freaks and they got the timber flags. Oh, and, all yeah. that shit, and you're like, you're freaking out about a sport that like barely makes television. And you're 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 treating it like it's like the Premier League, which is cool and all, and you're dedicated, but you're such a small group. And, like, when you watch A's games, they don't get a lot of people there, but the people there are so emotionally invested. They take such pride that they're, like, the baby to San Francisco, that they're, like, the little illegitimate little child to San Francisco. So it's like you don't want to see sports leave that area, but you also understand in today's times – Money talks, bullshit walks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like they're <clears throat> unless they can get the city to pay for a new stadium, they're gone. 
So well, that's the problem. There's not enough people to sell the place out. There's not enough money there, even though a lot of young people are moving to Oakland to get those luxury boxes there. So it's a tough situation because the fans are so dedicated, they're so loyal, but they don't, there's not the money or the economy there that's what's needed kind of for a major sports team. Sure. Jim, did you hear they were moving to Nashville or is that? No, uh, I, just, I saw it as a potential. I saw like people. Portland is another one. Nashville, Vegas. Portland. Yeah. Um, a couple other ones. Like, I mean, it I, should be Vegas for sure. It sucks because I like, I like Oakland. Oakland's a fine city. Of course. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fun place to go. They deserve sports. Like he was saying, they like, do. those fans are insane. They yeah, love. They're great. They're great fans. It's just they don't have a lot of them. I mean, this would be like if, if you think about it. I don't know how soon this would go, but I mean, they've just lost the Raiders, yeah. the Warriors, and just mm. in in the last couple of years here. And well, it's just saying that like they're a city that, unfortunately, with today's economic times, as loyal as their fans are, they don't have the capital to keep the teams there. And like yeah. like Jim is saying, Nashville. Nashville's got all the money in the world. No, that's that town is primed for it. I think baseball's yeah, I huge mean, in the South. You know, the luxury so. boxes that they'll get, the luxury like the the suites. That's where the money is. Oh yeah. And there's there's no money in Oakland. There really isn't. So yeah. Nashville Nashville will be, I think, a good spot for them. With it sounds like they're probably deciding to move. It's. Super up and coming, got money for fucking days, and you like you were saying, the South absolutely loves baseball. Yeah, Portland's an yeah. interesting place too, but I'd I'd rather have it in Nashville or Vegas. I'd like to see it in Vegas, but Vegas you got to play indoors. There's no way you could play outside in Vegas. Right. How do, what are they doing like Arizona? Arizona's got a team. I know, but no, I'm saying like <laughs> do they play outdoors in Arizona. No, they have a retractable roof. Oh, okay, okay. So you have to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to have a retractable roof. I guess they could play for in the black hole. Like that new stadium is pretty dope. They could probably figure that out, but I don't think they wanted to make that a multi purpose stadium. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, but they'd probably throw it right up next to it, though. That would be awesome. A lot of space over there. And you're pretty, if you live in Oakland, you're only an hour away from Vegas, a plane ride. Yeah. All right, so we're into baseball. First time uh, breaching baseball because it's pretty oh. early in the season. Maddie, what's yeah. going on with the Dodgers? Dodgers are are having a a, a um, they're a game over five hundred. I think they start out like fifteen and five. I think they're like three and fifteen or something, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going uh, through the uh, the World Series hangover. I guess. Sure, I know they lost I, Dustin May for the year. Well, they also, you know, Clay Bell. Is that what his name? Clay or is it Cody? Cody Bell. I'm thinking of his father, Clay. Uh, you know, he hasn't played this year, and he's going to make a big dent in the lineup. I know Betts has been hurt a little. They're going to get hot in June, and when they get hot in June, just start betting on them. Just start betting on them every day, because this is kind of what the dot like. The Dodgers had to be good all last year because it was it was a short season. But yeah. They usually do this. Yeah. By oh, yeah, June, yeah. they're usually 500, and then they go like 35 and 5, 30 and 10, and they have the talent to do that. 
even with Dustin May out. They still got a lot of pitchers. When they do that, start riding them as a gambler. Are there any teams surprising you guys so far? The Red Sox. The yeah. Red Sox are a huge surprise. I, they were 0-3. The first three games of the season, they lost to the Orioles. I'm like, this is a joke of a team. And I thought it was going to be one of the worst seasons they ever had. They're 10 games over 500. They can't lose. Yeah, that's shocking. And the Yankees are a surprise, too. The Yankees have been terrible. It, uh, the, the Royals were a little bit of a surprise to me for a minute. They were on, like, a little hot streak, especially yep. when I was betting overs for them. But they're a super young team, so, like, they're going to have huge swings one way or the other, I imagine. Looking at the standings, and the, the Giants are a surprise. They're eight over. The, the Padres are kind of where I thought they'd be. Uh, there's nobody in the National League East. The Mets are in first three games over. I still think the Braves are the best team there. And the Oakland A's, it's so sad. They're six over after going 0-6. So they're pretty much 21-9 and since the first six games of the year. They're in first place, and they're talking about moving. Yeah, it sucks. And then you got to give Tony La Russa credit. Because he's he's an ancient man. Like yeah, when Joe Gibbs, he now? And he's, he's like 78, 79. And now drinking and driving, it. too. <laughs> when, when Joe Gibbs took over the Redskins, that was like 17-year break he had. Something like that. Uh-huh. 12, 14-year break. Everybody's like, this is insane. Tony La Russa managed the White Sox in 1983. 1983. Yeah. That's wild. That's insane. It's, uh, June wasn't even come color. yet. No. Jim was, was not even a, a, a jizz stain on the mattress yet. No. Nah. I was just a little shit with no pubic hairs jerking off to Sesame Street. I was getting ready to watch a Tiger's pennant. I would not remember. That was 1984, though, not to... Uh... No, I know. That's what I said, is getting ready, yeah. because, uh, yeah, that was right around when they I... They were good back then. Kirk Gibson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, Jim, who's been doing good uh, with the betting in baseball for you? Um, I was really hitting good on the Kansas City Overs there for basically all of April. They've been cooling off in May for a bit. Um, and the A's. I've been hot on, like, the, the A's for a little while, and... Generally, I know the Giants have been doing good. That my cold streak has been fading them because I absolutely hate the Giants. Um, sure. So probably, Second that. Yes. That's probably just a detriment to me. And then I've begun fading the Dodgers a little bit, which has been very helpful. What's your strategy this early on? It's kind of hard to tell. It's kind of a lot of like gut feeling, and it's trying to just it's. I don't, I don't want to say guessing, but it's kind of like seeing certain things. Like I was talking with a friend, we were discussing Kansas City. And um, how hot they were at the moment, especially when it came to overs. It was just every yeah. single game seemed to be going over and over and over. And then we're just like, you know, they're a really young team. I'm assuming when it gets kind of like mid-season or kind of like in the next couple of months here. Yeah. Um, they could go on a cold streak because they're so young that they're just going to go on those crazy streaks where they just can't keep up or right. they just have some really bad luck. I thought it would happen maybe in like a week from now, but it seemed to be happening like last Dude. week a little bit here's the thing about the dodgers why it's good to fade them now because they are 500 like tonight and pretty much every game they're the underdog gets two to one money 
almost every night on a consistent basis. Oh, yeah, the, the odds are still crazy on the Dodgers. So if you bet against them, you can go 500, but you're going to win a lot of money because they're you're always getting paid double. Mm-hmm. So they're a good team to fade right now. Like tonight, uh, they're plus the the manners are plus one ninety five. That's basically two to one money. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great odds, and I still like. I still I think the over and under in that game is still. I still kind of like overs in Dodgers game. It's seven, yeah. Like their yeah, pitchers um, have not gone into form. Uh, Bauer hasn't got a lot of run support. Walker Bueller's pitching today. He's really good, but he hasn't. He doesn't look like the Walker Bueller of the playoffs. I think he'll get better as the season goes along. And Kershaw has been absolutely up and down. So there is money to be made, but I do think they will get very hot because I think their bats are going to get super hot and they're going to start, you know, scoring like eight runs a game for like a month and a half. It hasn't happened yet. I'm feeling it for June. I'm feeling June's the month for them. That's pretty much what they do. Well, uh, one thing I was very impressed with uh, last week, uh, the Yankees were playing the National. I mean, uh, they were playing the Astros and yelling, mm. fuck, and their fans were yelling, fuck El Tuve the whole yeah. time. And then the Yankees, a few days later, were playing the Nationals, and their fans just started yelling, fuck El Tuve as well. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Yankees uh, fans. That's fantastic behavior. You yeah. don't see it very often from Yankees fans. <laughs> I got I got in a fight. I don't I don't care for the Yankees, you know. But I got in a fight last year because, you know, the the the, the temperature of people are so like ridiculous and sensitive. So last year in the playoffs, one of the Twins pitchers you know, I had this like cool story where he was like kind of signed off of independent league and he was an Uber driver mm-hmm. and they were uh, chanting Uber. And then these guys <laughs> on Facebook were like, Oh my God, that's so insensitive to go after somebody for like, you know, a, a job that like you're making fun of them for the job. I'm like, that's what Yankee fans are supposed to do. You're lucky. They're only saying that. Yeah, yeah, Yankee fans are supposed to be scumbag. No. You're supposed to go there and have them say all types of nasty shit to you, and if you're a good player, you, you use it for motivation. Like, what kind of time is going to Yankee Stadium everybody being cordial? Yeah. and That's uh, light. That They went yeah. easy on that guy. Anybody that yells, fuck El Tube is completely justified, too, for the rest of his fucking career, as far as I'm concerned. So, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just wanted to shout out the Yankees for doing that. Okay. Very ECW-esque, by the way. <laughs> Jim, did you watch The Dark Side of the Ring? I did not. It was a fucking... I was going to do it on the weekend, but my little brother actually graduated college. So I had oh, okay. To- okay, we'll hold off on that. Uh, anybody listening, we're going to start covering some of The Dark Side of the Rings uh, documentaries. By the way, I want to say one thing before we do this. <laughs> they started Dark Side of the Football, and the first one was... It was a decent documentary on Chad Johnson, who I like a lot and I find mm-hmm. really interesting, and he has a good story. But please don't compare it to Dark Side of the Ring. The filmmakers of Dark Side of the Ring are so good. The stories are so compelling. You just don't piggyback on the name if you're not going to put the same type of story or editing or delivery that those guys do. I, I think it's, a, it's pretty unfair to them. 
just want to say that as a disclaimer for dark side sure. of football. Okay. Um, all right. Well, Maddie, let's go ahead and just cover it. Jim, if you'll bear with us while we just talk about dark side for a minute. Um, Maddie, this one, uh, this week's episode featured Brian Pillman. It was a two-parter. Uh, do you want to uh, sort of sum up the story a little bit for us? Sure. Brian F. Pillman was Canadian. He had, uh, I think he had cancer when he was a kid in his throat. So he had a lot of surgeries. So he talked kind of funny. He had a very hoarse voice that was great for his, his character. Uh, he tried out with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he was on the practice squad for a few years until his ankle gave up. Then played in Canada for a little while. Undersized nose tackle. A lot of football players, when they can't do it anymore, they go into wrestling. Uh, he had a beat up body, but he still loved wrestling. And he just did the hard work and he made it to WCW. Then he got, he was on a tag team with Steve Austin, the Hollywood Blondes. Mm. Steve Austin, before he was Stone Cold, they were a great tag team. He leaves. He goes to ECW, which we love. We'll talk about ECW one day. He changes his whole character where he's this psychopath that you don't really know like what he's doing is real or not because he's he's actually spitting on audience members. He's taking swings at them. He's saying all types of crazy shit, but he was hysterical. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved the one where he's picking a fight with a guy and then he uh, hides behind a baby. Uh, that was so great. the guy was can't hit him. It was actually his kid. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, his wife and his kid, he hid behind. Oh, okay. I don't know. I thought but it was great. And uh, he goes to WWF. He's got going to have this great feud with Austin, which is one of his buddies. And they are going to mm-hmm. do the stuff they did was hysterical. Oh, yeah. But he got in this terrible car accident where he should have never wrestled ever again because he was lucky to be alive. His ankle was completely shattered. But he just loved it so much. He just kept wrestling. And because of that, you got to do a lot of pain pills. And they pretty much ultimately took him. And, you know, there's just other stuff because he would, you know, he had this really terrible wife that was this ex stripper that was a mess, that was a terrible mom to his kids. Very tragic story. He was one of those guys that would have gone down in history as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And he just died too soon before that could happen. But everybody knew his brilliance. What a character. Yeah, it was. Uh, I loved watching this thing because he was uh, some guy who sort of escaped me. He kind of had his moment sort of in between my stints of it, you know, right before yeah. the Attitude Era kicked in. Sure. And yeah, it's, it's a shame. This guy was fucking hilarious. And he just had a completely over the top personality. He's a great wrestler. And and you still didn't know if he was being serious or not. Like no. you still couldn't tell. No matter how much you knew wrestling was staged, you see him, you're like, is he really that psycho? Well, that like, did he I, just that, break character and do that. That's what was great about it because that's when ECW was sort of they threw out all the rules and were doing yep. whatever the hell they wanted. And then that's yeah. this guy was basically being his own ECW it, it, between the WCW and, and uh, WWE. And it was just amazing to watch because he's just pissing on this old style yeah. going, fuck you. Uh, I'm going to do whatever I want. And the crowd's going to love it. And they were loving it. And that's the thing too. When he came to ECW, 
you know, those those fans are like the WWF is watered down bullshit. WCW is watered down bullshit. He comes in there and the first thing he says is fuck Eric Bischoff and they go nuts. And he just like he knew exactly how to feed into these guys hands and like it just fed into his brand. By the and, way, uh, I'm loving uh, Eric Bischoff's um, old built guy look. He looks like a sugar yeah. daddy porn. Uh, it's very cool. I'm glad to see he's still doing good. Well, um, well, the thing about Bischoff is funny in the documentary because he's in it. Right. You know, you often see uh, Brian Pillman say, fuck Bischoff. And Bischoff's response is like, yeah, I was in cahoots with him. I told you him believe it? that character. No. Okay. You, for, for those that haven't seen it, uh, basically uh brian pillman forced uh he sort of told eric bischoff to fire him legally so um so it would it would play into a story angle but then what uh pillman did was used his legal firing as a way to go negotiate with wwe and make a lot of money and make a lot of money end up making and then go on ecw and tell bischoff to go fuck himself yeah and bischoff claims this was all part of an angle that he was just going to allow yeah. him to go build up his brand no and then he could come back to wcw no because and, even uh, steve austin's always like the wcw fired me he always talks about that it's not yeah. he's not in cahoots with bischoff he remembers bischoff fired him yeah i Jeff, i thought does this yeah. make any sense or <laughs> Dude, it makes it makes a shitload of sense knowing what I've heard about Bischoff. <laughs> Look, Vin, Vince McMahon's no, trying to take credit no, for fucking anything. Vince McMahon is no picnic either. Most of these dark side of the rings always it always goes bad when Vince McMahon gets involved. Like it's always like Denny signs the WWF and Vince McMahon does this. So he's no he's no we're we're not letting him off easy. But Bischoff it doesn't always seem like with these Vince McMahon types, these Bischoff types, the more hands-off they are, the better things are. Yeah. That's probably true. So one of the uh, most disturbing fucking things in the documentary, and one of the grossest things I've seen out of Vince McMahon, I thought I've seen a lot, yeah. was basically after Brian Pillman died, um, Vince was trying to kind of get off the hook. And yep. he didn't want the wrestling lifestyle to be blamed for uh, for Pillman's death. So literally like the day after they do a Monday Night Raw and they do a live interview with his widow. Yeah. And one of the cringiest things you'll ever see. Yeah. And I mean, she's what was it? She said, don't ask about the about the drug, drug. use or anything yeah. like that. It, he, then, she thought it was going to be like. You miss him. I love him. I want all his fans to know, like, thank you. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But instead, Vince is like, you know, uh, Brian took a lot of pain pills. Would you say that's the cause of his death? The pain pills that we didn't prescribe? <laughs> and it's just like, Jesus fuck. And he just Christ. kept poking. This poor woman could barely even look at the camera. She's like tucked into yeah. the couch wanting to be doing anything else. And Vince McMahon is just prying and using her as some sort of prop for WWE uh, sanctimonium. Well, he's and, probably thinking if they ever have a lawsuit against them. Yeah. Like, like, well, we got this tape and she says it was the pain pills. So we got her. And I'm like, what awful, awful. Have a little compassion, Vince. No, I know the meaning of the word compassion. I don't think so either. He's every time I think he, I hear a story about him where I'm like, oh, that's 
That's the lowest. He just, I see, I hear another story. It's lower. And it, it's one of those guys that will go down in history as he's given us a lot, but he's also taken a lot. It's one of those things where he's like one of those polarizing people that's a genius and an evil genius, as, you know, at the same time. And you're like, well, he's entertained us so much, yet behind the scenes, he's been just so evil. And it's hard to kind of grapple what you really think of him. I feel like you can appreciate him and what he's done while still recognizing the fact that he's one of the biggest scumbags on the planet. The, the problem is you can't punish him without like almost destroying wrestling, period. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, that's, that's part of his genius is he basically, unless AEW gets so big that it's like a huge competitor, he basically just owns wrestling. I mean, the thing was, back in the days, like someday they'll do a documentary on either him or the, or the ratings wars between you know, the when the Attitude Era was going against Nitro mm-hmm. and they were going head to head, they'll do a good documentary. Like, he was on the ropes. He was being destroyed. They were getting killed by WCW. And, and you're like, wow, Vince is finally going to get taken down. And he's just one of those guys that doesn't lose. Five yeah. years later, WCW goes under. He, he owns wrestling all over again. He's yeah. really too old to really do anything now. It's like his better days are over. But, like, look, I go back to him before, you know, most people didn't even know him as the owner. I always thought he was an announcer, you know, and, like, the good guy announcer. Right. No, he was a, he was like a total nerd yeah. announcer. And, and then, he was uh... not a good announcer. Gorilla Monsoon was a much better announcer. <laughs> the greatest team of announcers are Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain. Nothing beats them. Well, just imagine like when you were a kid seeing what you saw Vince McMahon as the babyface announcer, and then if you could have like fast forward 20 years to see him roided out walking into the ring. Oh, he was the greatest you know. bad guy ever. Like, oh, yeah. He was an incredible yeah. bad guy. Everybody loved to hate him. Him owning it, him owning his sleaziness I, is it probably was contributes to his longevity too, because it's like, yep. come on, hate me. Well, look, it's so hard to find, like, the perfect villain or the perfect superhero, good guy. Yeah. And he found the perfect villain in himself. And it, it came from, you know, Bret Hart, screwed Bret Hart. Yeah. One of the greatest things ever. And when, then he would go to arenas and everybody would boo him. And it was like, hey, go with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I always loved when he would say, me and my friends, we were in high school, I think, or maybe I was in college, and we'd always go. I didn't screw Bret Hart. Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. <laughs> and we just laughed. We just thought it was so funny. No, it's fucking... Hey, speaking of funny, what about that uh, that uh, strength coach that got Brian oh, Pillman into wrestling? He was he had been a strength co- coach under Paul Brown at the Cincinnati Bengals. When, yeah, he was great. When Pillman tried out for that, that guy was like from a completely well, different era. With documentaries, is like you always hear from documentaries. A lot of times, you'll you'll get like a subject, and they'll be like, "How did you do this documentary about this guy?" And they're like, "Well, we were doing a documentary about something else, and then we interview this guy, and we're like, this guy is so fucking crazy. What's the story?" And then we ended up doing a documentary about him. And I think in this guy, this case, because the guy gave great, he was saying the funniest shit. Yeah. 
And he's just this old school, like military offensive line coach or whatever he was. And his, it's like, we got gold with this guy. This guy is just giving us the best answers. Cause you're like, what do you think of Vince McMahon? He's like, he's a whore. You know, you do a horse, you fuck him. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this guy's gold. Yeah. And then uh... it's a combination of like being an old school guy. So there's being an old school guy. There's being strength coaches because strength coaches are insane. And then there's being an old school strength coach. And those people are on like an entirely different plane of existence. Yeah. I, w- I don't even know when they, when did strength coaches begin? That's like, who knows? You, this guy um, it kind of became a thing um, in like football, at least like college football started in like the eighties. Um, and then NFL, I'd probably assume also the eighties, like the, the mid to late eighties. Yeah. The good like, thing you can say about this guy though was, and this is about Pillman is that this guy coached Pillman at the Bengals and Pillman was not a very skilled football player. He was one of those gritty guys that would just barely made the team. And that made him like amazing just to make the team with his skill. And this guy was his friend till the day he died. So he kept it <coughs> Brian's life. And that just shows what a guy Brian was that people rooted for him and people saw how hard he worked and how bad he wanted things and that he was a good guy. Brian's problem was he had the wrong taste in women. And he loved pussy. Like oh, most yeah. guys. That stripper pussy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Girls will get you in a lot of trouble. That uh, boy, man, if you wanted to how it started and how it's going, you just get that ex-wife of his and see her now haggard and just. Oh, she looks terrible. Oh, my God. And she was a total, you know. You know what she looked like? out of her mind back in the day. One, one time I uh, had to take a leak in a Starbucks in New York City. And uh, there was a like a toothless prostitute who wanted to uh, solicit me. And it made me almost vomit in my mouth. Because she's like, hey there, handsome. And she didn't have a lot of teeth. And she looked exactly like her. And I knew that like when I was pissing, I'm like, this girl wants to fuck me. And I'm like, she, like, just the, I thought about it for a second and it made me vomit in my mouth and it reminded me of her. So you're comparing that girl to a Starbucks bathroom hooker. Yes. Well, who waits for guys right before they take emergency duty. Yeah. Uh, to for, solicit them for a $10 blowjob. God. Yeah. This was, this was tragic. She's like, hardly any of her kids speak with her. Um, well, the story about her second husband, where her son, Brian's kid, was like, I would get like a GameCube and my dad, my stepdad would throw it against the wall and anything I liked, he would destroy and lock me in my room. Yeah, that was the most depressing. That was part of the yeah. whole story. Like the dad was an abusive yeah. freak, this, the new stepdad. So Brian Pillman Jr. would just sit in his room because the stepdad had dogs trained to bite him if he tried to leave his room. I mean, I've never heard of so yeah, was ra- so was dedicated with, to abuse. They train dogs to that, but with wolves. Yeah, but I fought the wolves. So that's right. You're fighting. All good. But yeah, I felt bad for his son when his son was crying. That was pretty brutal. And uh, you know, I also I love Austin. I mean, you can't not love Austin. 
And the way Austin talks about Brian Pillman, like Austin holds him in the highest regards as a peer. And I've never, like Austin's always nice, but I've never really heard him talk about somebody that highly that was one of his peers. Yeah. It was pretty interesting that he, uh, what, he found Brian's old uh, weightlifting belt or something and yeah. sent that to his son and his son who yeah. just up until that point had done nothing but played video games his life. Yeah. Took it as a sign. And then. Jim, I'm that- going to send you a link to these because I after need you. After you rub one out tonight, this will uh, will help you out, you know? Yeah. Perfect. That's exactly yeah. what I need. I mean, there's nothing else to do in a hotel room but rub one well, out. Well, speaking right? of happy endings, Brian Pillman Jr. did go on to become an AEW wrestler, and I'm not sure where he's ranked in that or anything, but he, he looked good in the, the few clips I've seen him. He seems to got personality and charisma. Yep. So uh, You know you're old when you uh, you're seeing, like, kids, you know, like, their kid like the wrestlers you grew up as kids are now wrestling like i yeah. like everybody knows randy orton but i'm i know cowboy bob Orton. sure yeah and there yeah. was a there was an orton before cowboy bob Orton that i don't know but i know i, mean, I was thinking of like the guerreros see yeah. i don't know that either i know eddie but i yeah but he had got like so he had a he had a kid no i think yeah he had a kid that was in um lucha underground and then he's got like just that entire family is like all over yeah. a bunch of different wrestling leagues like uh i know uh db i know his father the million dollar man one of the greatest bad guys uh i was a little too young for rocky johnson i'm trying Keep to think talking, Matty. i'll be right back yeah you who got, else is uh, out what, there flair yeah he's just oh uh nightheart I remember oh, yeah. Jimmy Anvil Nightard was tag team partners with Bret Hart. Jeez. So his daughter's a wrestler. You know, I was trying to watch last night. It was so fucking terrible. Nobody knows how to talk anymore. I sound like a boomer. I sound mm-hmm. like a terrible fucking boomer. But nobody knows how to work the mic. Nobody. Yeah, I'd probably say that in, like, specifically WWE has gotten much weaker. Well, they've toned down a lot of stuff, and it's when these guys can't curse. It's very, very, it's way more kid-friendly. Yeah. Well, they know they have no competition, so they don't have to amp it up. Yeah, and then they can kind of just, like, appeal to the most general base audience. And as long as, like, I'm I'm kind of okay with it, as long as the actual wrestling is still good. And for the most part, I think it has been. What I, I you see, I'm more of a I'm more into the talkers. Like I'm more I appreciate a good match, but I'm also like I'll forever be into the guys that just kill it on the mic. You know, and I don't think there's that's been a, a guy huge that. aspect of it. And I think I think AEW is doing pretty good with that. I gotta give it a shot. Is it on tonight? Um or tomorrow night. I usually okay. watch Wednesday night. Okay. Are you gonna be watching the NFL schedule tomorrow? I'm gonna be. I won't be able to watch it like live when it okay. breaks or anything. But I'll. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep updated at work. What are you like looking for? Like everybody, I follow a lot of Buccaneers people, a lot of Buccaneers podcasts. They're speculating on the first game of the year, which is always like a rite of passage when you win the Super Bowl. You get that first Thursday game. There's there. Who's their best opponent? They play the AFC East. I know they play the Patriots on the road, so that's going to be one of the biggest games of the year. 
Mm-hmm. There's rumors they're putting that Thanksgiving night. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah, so Brady might return Thanksgiving night. Uh, is this, the Bills, also, is this also where they release, like, how many home and away games, like, which ones are which for each oh, team? Oh, yeah, it's the schedule. Yep, yep. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how teams line up when it comes to um, back-to-back potential away games. Yeah. Well, because what we can do is we can start doing some, like, our early over-unders. That's see this, this that's when it really gets in is like because you can you can factor in like the draft has already happened most teams are kind of like settled and yep. then my big factor my my biggest factor in stretches and whatnot are back to back away games more so in college I think but I think the NFL it's it's hard to not you can't overlook a back to back. Would you say away. most teams are trying to just win that first one? I'd say most like teams are going to win two. the first, but either way, you're you're super likely to lose one of them. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I look at some teams now, though. They don't travel. So, like, if they have two games on the West Coast, they stay there. It makes it easily. That's makes so for it, the, That's why for the NFL, I'm not as sure if it, like, matters as much as it does in college. Yeah. Because the NFL, you can just afford, if you're doing – like if you're gonna have two games back to back, you could just stay there both weeks. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking I'm, about the I'm, schedule. Yeah, yeah, I'm pumped up for it. And uh, like I was saying to the gym, we'll start doing our over unders afterwards. Jim is looking at back to back road teams because it's kind of way to factor how many wins teams are gonna have. Uh, I'm excited. It, it, the NFL is so smart because here we go. We got baseball. We got you know, NHL, NBA coming to the end. And and tomorrow, everybody's going to be talking about the NFL. The NFL, just like the draft, is going to be the biggest fucking deal in sports tomorrow. No doubt about it. It's already the biggest deal because everybody's like, there's stuff leaking out when these games are. There's stuff leaking out. You know, people are pumped up about did, this. Uh, yeah, I did the, the first game leak, didn't it? No, not yet. It's just in Tampa Bay, but I don't think they have oh, okay. an opponent yet. I mean, I can look, but from what uh, Tony Dungy said, he said he'll be in Tampa Bay on that Thursday, but they have not given us an opponent yet. That's also that's also the thing I'm looking forward to is um, those early Florida match home matchups. Like who's going to Jacksonville early? Who's going to Miami? Who's going to be playing in Tampa? Because those games, like if they get some really good opponents out of the way early at home, that's a huge advantage to those Florida teams. And let me tell you something. Don't sleep on the Jaguars this year. I expect big things from them. I would not be surprised if they won their division. I expect decent things this year and to crash and burn within two or three years. I have high hopes for them. I got to say, there's something about Urban Meyer. Everybody hates him. Everybody's pissed off about Tim Tebow. Everybody's this. Everybody's that. The guy wins everywhere he goes. And he understands, like, he goes places for four years. He gets burned out. He understands what he has to do in four years. I think he turns that team around really, really fast. Do you think his system can work in the pros, though, would be my only thing? Because Nick yeah, Saban was the same way even before he went. Well, it, it all depends a lot on Trevor Lawrence, you know. It depends. You know, uh, Nick Saban didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Nick Saban 
took Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees, which put him back at Alabama. So we don't know what Nick Saban would have done if Drew Brees went to the Dolphins. But, you know, yeah, Nick Saban may, might have not been cut out for the NFL. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not like an Urban Meyer fan as a person, but I respect his coaching and I respect everywhere he went. He just turned things around so fast. And I get it's different with college and the pros. But, you know, he obviously took this job knowing that I'm going to get a, a franchise quarterback that if I put guys around them in four years, we have a chance to maybe have a Super Bowl. And that's kind of what he does. So yeah. he's, he's kind of on a plan. And I, and I just think his, his inspiration and the way he coaches and how he gets guys up, I expect them to be pretty good this year. And last year they sucked, but they lost a lot of close games. And they were in a lot of games. And the NFL works. You know, you're you're so close between being six and ten and ten and six. And there's a lot of parity. So you can turn it around really fast. That is something I love about the NFL is that how fast you can turn it around from yep. a bad team to a good team. And look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were in the AFC Championship two years ago. So they have some still players that can still play. We yep. lose Luke again. That's me again. You all right? Uh, I'm fine. Yeah, I had a little rumbling in the belly. Uh, I hear you. You know, I used to have that problem on podcasts where you have to shit. But, yeah. you know, uh, you can always say, let's take a break. Yeah, just keep it rolling. Um, moving on. ESPN I- today announced Kenny Maine has been fired. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, he was one this of the is, legends, man. I don't even know what yeah, what is ESPN these days, anyways. Like, I don't if even let go understand their strategy Pelt. anymore. Dude, if they let go of Scott Van Pelt, it's it's sad, man, because he's the last he's the last guy that kind of gets it. I mean, his bad beats thing is great. He's good at telling highlights. He's got that old school, like he learned from Dan Patrick Olbermann before he lost his mind. I mean, those guys, Stuart Scott was great, Rich Eisen. Those guys, uh, uh, everybody loved Craig Kilborn. Those guys could, they, they made uh, highlights into art. Fuck, I'll even say yeah. Berman. Berman yeah. was great. I don't give a fuck. Well, Berman got was. extended, apparently. So, Well, he was there at the beginning. And look, nobody's better on primetime. Like, primetime is, is like, you know, before they had the internet, like, Every Sunday, you you know, I grew up in New York, so I would get the Jets and the Giants games, and they never give you a national game. So I never get to see anybody but the Jets and the Giants. And a lot of years, they were shitty, and a lot of years, the Giants were good, but they were so boring, they just ran the ball 40 times a game. Um, you just stayed up for Berman. Yeah. You know, waited for Berman, and you got like seven-minute highlights of each game. Well, what, what what do you guys think of the the state of ESPN these days? I I I feel like they're in between strategies. They they sort of are getting rid of all the old school. They're sort of hanging on to mediocre talent. Um, I feel like in some aspects they're trying to pivot to a more online sort of world. Okay, still keeping like the cable aspect, like they don't. They don't have any like bombastic personalities. A lot of their people are boring and corporate. And yeah. Don't really have like 
a personality. And from what I've heard, they're not like allowed to express that personality unless you're a huge guy like no. Scott Pelt, obviously, you know what he's about. You know yeah. how he like a Scott Van Pelt, like that feel like, you have a feeling when you watch him that you don't get with like a normal ESPN. It's just kind of bland. Right. And boring. And I feel like you're getting like a lot of uh people just going into like podcasts or short form stuff that you can like kind of express yourself a little bit more personally. Mm -hmm. The the, the problem with ESPN is they're always thinking too much and you can simplify things and they're always worried because they're like, okay, we have the MLB network and the, and the NFL network. So the MLB network is going to show a lot longer highlights. So we're not going to compete against them. So we're going to do other stuff. We're going to have more opinions, more like drama, more gossip. And I'm not into that. I'm into the games. So I turn on the games. I watch very little sports center because you don't get a lot of highlights. You get a lot of boring news. You got a lot of he said, she said. I'll just like get high and I'll put on the MLB network and I'll get like five minute highlights of each game. And ESPN would be fine if they went back to that. But they're always like thinking ahead. They're trying to like think like where the the trends are going to take them, and it doesn't really work. I mean, besides the games, there's nothing to watch on ESPN. They don't even really come out with thirty for thirties anymore much. They've slept on that. They've slacked on that. So you get like. Boring stories about somebody with cancer or somebody doing this or somebody overcoming this. And then these like emotional stories that people just want to watch fucking highlights. I think the emotional stories are, are good. I think that's kind of a decent angle for them to go is more in-depth stories on certain subjects. They don't yeah. have to necessarily be like emotional stories, but they can be like this football. Like imagine if you do an in-depth dive on like, coastal carolina this year yeah something like that would be super fun and like going in on the program and seeing how it's run and like kind of doing stuff like that like you saw it with uh you see it for the nfl with the hard knocks all the time if espn could kind of get in with like a college team and do something like that i think that would be amazing the problem is they try but like hard knocks is completely uncensored espn has to protect the kids they have to do that you know they, they, they could, I'm just saying they could just do like a deep dive on like if you have like they were all over Tim Tebow when he was the biggest thing if yeah. there's like other college stuff, like why weren't we seeing like in-depth Trevor Lawrence stories like kind of encapsulating his life a lot well yeah, the, the Olympic Lawrence model uh, like the Olympics that that's the best part is all the stories like yeah. uh, from you know people from these poor countries and yeah, it's. I think that's cool. I also think they've sort of, they sort of don't want you to get too big because then they got to pay you. Yeah. Um, they want to, uh, you know, when you lose guys like Bill Simmons and then Dan Levitard, these people who have genuine talent. Even Skip Bayless. Yeah, or even Skip Bayless, who at least a lot of people is very polarizing, yep. but. Uh, you know, in the best way possible as far yeah. as, um, you know, ratings go. Yeah. And I, I think now the problem is anybody that gets big will just, 
you know, yeah, they have veer to. off and get their own podcast network or whatever. Um, yeah, 100% is, of the revenue that way. Yeah. Is it, is it, the way to look at it best is they realize that the day, like certain eras are gone. So the days of Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann and, and Kilborn being rock stars, which they were because there was really no internet. And the way they did highlights was so good. It was like art or comedy. They know that those guys are never going to be stars again. They know there's just too much shit going on. And Kenny Mayne still had that old school kind of mentality of the, you know, the, the older man, Patrick kind yeah. of, he was very funny. He had very funny Good lines. Dry delivery. Yeah. And they go, look, this guy's not a star because those stars have been phased out. And we can just get a guy who's 20 years younger than him to do the same thing for less money, for half the money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. nobody will really care because we do very limited highlights. And the guys who tell highlights aren't what they once were. They're not rock stars anymore. Yeah. Did you guys uh, watch any of their daytime shows? The uh... No, I mean, but I will say this, and I, I, re- I, I go back to this, is that, you know, Sunday night when the sports center was Sunday night and yet you wrapped up all the sports years ago. And I, again, I sound like a boomer, uh, you know, when you got like, it was always Olbermann and Patrick, everybody yeah. watched, it was like must watch television and you watched it over and over. Right. That was your sports world. Now with all the internet and everything, it, they just don't register as they once did. But I, I yeah, I do. I think, yeah. I think it still would if you had a talented enough personality um, because well, yes, like you've rap- probably already seen the highlights due to yeah. online due to Twitter, sure. but you know, somebody that can shape these things up and deliver them in a way that's makes it even more exciting is, is still valuable. I think. Well, that's hard to find. It's not easy to find. It's just like where, what I just said about wrestling where nobody's good on the mic anymore. You can be like, Hey, nobody knows how to do a highlight or nobody has taken the highlight and made it their own and then pushed it to a level of like, you know, complete uniqueness and individuality. We're like, Hey, this guy reads highlights like nothing else. Okay, guys, we're getting towards the end here. Uh, yep. Anything uh, we haven't covered anything uh, you want to talk about Maddie? No, I mean, if we had a uh, Patreon, I would go, I would give you my Preakness picks where you can lose money or you can win money. I'm excited for it. I'll have a pick by Friday or Saturday. I'll tweet it out. I'll have like a favorite and then I'll have one that I'm splashing money on as a, as a dog. And uh, that's about it. And I love you all and happy. I'm going to a Dodger game Friday night. Uh, Guys nice enough to put me in a luxury suite. So I'm pumped. All right. Well, you'll have to report back from the luxury suite. Jim, anything we didn't cover? I would say um, for the alternative football league guys out there, the spring league did start on Thursday. If you're trying ah. to catch some college players that you missed out on, you Michigan State fans might remember Brian Lewerke. Oh, yeah. Former Michigan State quarterback is quarterback of the Blues. There's a, I'll, I go through all the teams real quick. There's the Blues, okay. the Alphas, the, uh, the Generals, the Jousters, the Hughes, but they're also called the Aviators. They used to be my favorite team. Now I hate them forever. And then now there are the two new teams that they just added this year, the Sea Lions and the Linemen. And this is the Spring Football League, the SFL? Yeah, it's a developmental football league for the NFL. It's on. It's going to be – it's on Fox Sports 1 
and then they're doing one game a week on Fox. You want to know something funny? A couple weeks ago, maybe, or I was really high, and I woke up at like two in the morning, and I couldn't sleep, and I and I turned on a game between like the alphas and somebody else. There was nobody in the crowd, and I was like, "What am I watching? This is so weird. Is this real?" And one team was like neon teal, and one team was like neon blue. Yeah, that would be the – I believe that's the Alphas and the Blues probably. Hmm. But it was oh, weird. I don't know if it was real, real or not. Real quick, Jim, I actually was reading a little XFL news. now. So they've been in talks with the Canadian League, and apparently there's teams in Mexico that want to get yeah, in on yeah, this. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a Mexican football league. They've been talking with them as well. Okay, yeah. Now this is getting good now. <laughs> so I'm Top with them all. Top with all the leagues. Maddie, what's uh, what's on next week's uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Do you know? Uh, there's a guy who I forget his name, but he's one of the most uh, extreme wrestlers of violence where they would do these Japanese matches where they basically like thumbtacks, barbed wire. They blow you up with explosives. So I think this is the most extreme guy they're covering. I forget his name. But uh, I have a buddy who I play poker with, and he's like, I'm so pumped up for yeah, it. This guy is insane. So he's like one of those tiny guys that just like the only way to get into wrestling was, well, you're not big enough to be a WWE superstar, but you can't go to Japan and put barbed wire on you. So oh, yeah. that's a story. So I'm looking forward to that. And all, all his only clip was, I just went too far. I guess I just took it too far. So, you know, that's going <laughs> to be That's good. the best promo you could fucking make, man. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely be talking about that next week, Jim. Go. I do have one more thing, kind yeah. of on a more serious note. Sure. Um, Colt Brennan, yes. one of That's my favorite right. quarterbacks of all time, one of the most fun players to ever watch in college football, um, had a terrible yeah. car accident months ago, suffered mm. a bunch of long-term injuries. Fucking hope the best because that guy deserves it. May you rest in peace. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay, guys. Another great show. Uh, anybody out there listening, we'll be back next week talking Dark Side of the Ring, whatever sports dramas going on. Um, FCS Finals. That's right. F- FCS Finals. Um, check in with Jim at XFL Jim uh, for all the picks. Uh, Maddie Goldberg at Maddie Goldberg One. Is that it, Maddie? Ma- at Maddie Goldberg One. All right. And I'm at L Rose Hubbard. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Wednesday. Bye. You got it, guys.